last time. After fighting off some winter wolves, our heroes find relief from the cold in an ancient dwarven fortress. In the fortress, they encounter dragonborn that the group isn't sure is friendly or not. At the heart of the mountain, they find a gigantic dwarven city, but standing in front of it is a stone sculpture of Gerald, Dave's longtime friend and mentor. Did you hear about the superhero with a lisp that worked out all the time? He was Thor! Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters! Welcome, everyone, to another fabulous episode of Dungeons and & Dragons and & Daughters. I am Kurt, uh, Daddy ow. the Dungeon Master. To my left, we have... Oh, I am Sam, and I play Mimi. The Elf Druid. And to your left, we have... We have Birdie, who's pl- who plays Galaxy, the Elf Wizard. And to Birdie's left, we have... Trent. I'll be playing Dave. Our favorite halfling cleric. Trent, welcome oh, back. No. Yay, I, I think, I Always a pleasure like, to have you. I think he's like our second favorite, but yeah. You're I, our I, second I, favorite? I, Real quick. We got two more five-star reviews on iTunes. First one is from Tannis Half-Elven. It's a great little reference from uh, from Dragonlance. You girls have no idea what that is, but that is the yep. that is the first D&D campaign that I cut my teeth on back when I was a teenager, so appreciate the, the reference there, Tannis Half-Elven. Uh, simply, five stars, such a wonderful idea. Kudos. Thank you, Tannis Half-Elven. Next one is from VectorWork19, absolutely charming. This is the most charming D&D podcast I have come across. The way these girls roleplay is better than some of the adults I normally play with. I'm so glad to have come across a podcast as entertaining, fun, and family-friendly as this Thank one. Thank you! I, I really appreciate it. I hope <laughs> my future kids turn out as cool as these girls are. P.S. Samantha should definitely DM again. She did a great job. Thank you! Thank you, VectorWork19. So... We got we got Trent up to speed on where we were at, so let's play Dungeons and Dragons. Ooh-hoo. All right, were you girls paying attention when we were? <laughs> All right, so were you girls paying attention when I did the recap for for Trent? So do yes. you know where we're at right now? Okay, yes, I was listening. All right, so your city statue of Gerald. Yep. So looking around, so so this statue of Gerald that is sitting in front of you now. It's very distinctly Gerald. There's no mistaking that it's Gerald. It's 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 life size of him, so it's you know just over three feet tall on a, on a stone pedestal, and you could, he's still got all of his necklaces around his neck. There's like two dozen necklaces that he's got around, and that the, the detail that got captured in all those necklaces is is startling. Uh, but the other thing that that jumps out at you is that Gerald does look noticeably younger in this statue. He's still got his his hair. It's the the shock of hair that sticks out in every direction. He's got his big old smile on on his face that uh, that that you know, but he looks younger. It's like and so you uh, that that just strikes you as odd. But you're not sure if maybe that has something to do with it being a statue and they're trying to portray him as uh, as best as they can. But some other things about the statue that that jumps out at you is that it does look like that there is a spot 
next to his statue where something else should have been. And in fact, Gerald's right arm seems to be have been broken off near the shoulder. And next to his feet, you see another pair of small feet that have been broken off at the ankle. So it looked like that there was another statue next to Gerald's statue that was there, but it's been busted off at some point. Hmm. This is the statue. And so now behind the statue, I can describe this this dwarven city a little bit more for you. Because your attention was caught by the statue when you first got down here. Because as startling as this, this city that, that uh, appeared out of the dark, the statue is what caught your eye first. But the city, it is a large city. From where you're at, you're no expert on, on population or city design. But it looks like that this is a city that could have held... No, I want to do a history check. You want Okay, do a history check. Sure. Is, is this still inside the mountain? So it's it is. A, it's in a cavern? Correct. Okay. Yeah, but it, it's a huge right, right. open cavern. I got a 13. Cavern. You got a 13. All right. Can I do a history check? Sure. Can I do a history check? You just did one. I want to do it again. Because this 12. is... 12. 12. Okay. So with those rolls, you... Surmise that this city probably could have easily held a hundred thousand people, if not more. But there's not that many people that are milling about right now. You do see some movement, but not nearly as much movement as the city should be able to hold. Where is the exit? You're not sure because the way that you came in got sealed off by the stone wall trap that uh, Bacon, your pony, had triggered. And then we went across that wooden bridge that fell apart. So we can't go back the way that we came. So you don't know how to get out of here. I'm very disappointed in bacon. Tiny punishment. I will eat some of his hair. I should also also point out that you are now close enough to see the people that are milling about. They are not dwarves. They are dragonborn. At least the the couple of people that you can see within range. Is there guards in the town? You don't know. Okay, so Dave, get on Emeretto and go in the town. <laughs> did, did we get a look at the people that were chasing us? Just go in the town! They were chasing us, or did we only hear them? We, we only heard them. We okay. never got a, got a look at them. Town. Well, all right, let's go into town. No, you, not me. I'm <laughs> staying back here. Oh, you're going to send me in alone? Okay. Okay. Oh. Bacon will. Totally. <laughs> so, uh, so you're going to send I... Dave in on his pony, and you're going to send your pony with him? <laughs> yeah. Why? For protection? Does Bacon know how to fight? Bacon I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell him. <laughs> a couple more things to describe about this this large city in front of you. It is very clearly dwarven made, but there doesn't appear to be any dwarves that are living in the city now. Maybe so someone killed all the dwarves to cut that statue, and they stayed there. Maybe, maybe. What if someone's in the statue? So, so reading a book. <laughs> <laughs> Reading a book? Well, so uh, you said we see clumps wandering around. Are they like far away, or are they? They're a couple. They're a couple hundred feet away. Oh, okay. Uh, so, but it is hard to make out because it is dark in here. But there is just enough light to make out the movement and tell that they're they're not dwarves. They're they're dragonborn. Okay. And the light seems to be coming from. It's, it's a greenish light that's a little bit brighter than say twilight. Uh, and the light seems to be coming from this green liquid that's in a moat that surrounds the city, and it looks like has been diverted off of this moat. This water runs along each of the roads and the trails through, throughout the town, is giving it, off this green glow, giving everything a little bit of light. Is it Mountain Dew? No, it's not Mountain Dew. <laughs> you could call it that. It's green. <laughs> You're in a mountain. That's true. We you could. Know. It's Mountain 
Mountain it's, Dew. We are. It's Mountain Dew. It's Mountain <laughs> Dew. Right. Sprinkle yeah. it with dew. Yep. No. It's yeah. we're in a mountain. It's lighting it's things up. Dew. It's green. It's it's Mountain it's, Dew. It's mountain dew. So right. there's a river of Mountain Dew <laughs> that surrounds this city and and gives off. Um, it's phosphorus. Phosphorus. Yes. And it looks like they have diverted it throughout the rest of the the city okay. to to light up everything. Okay. So Dave, okay. go to. Well, town. hold on. Hold on. So so the town does look like the the rest of the stonework and the entrance that we originally had went through it's it it still looks solid but it does look like it has fallen into disrepair no one's been upkeeping it do, do we have any notion of how old the city is or how long it's been history check you want, you could do another well, history I mean, there, there was a fresh statue of Gerald so we know that that was made some at some point in Gerald's life correct so. let yes. me just open I my bag do you want to try and do another history check to see if you could determine how how old okay, the city is? Wait, ready? Open yep. the bag. Well, I got go. a twenty-two, baby. Twenty-two. All right. Oh, another good roll. All right. Twenty-five. Twenty-five. All right. Okay. Dwarven history yeah, experts over here. Yep. Yep. Early so, dwarven architecture. <laughs> they they minored in it at uh, at wizard school. All right. So so the city itself, you estimate, is probably around. 1100 years old. 1100 years old? So that's one. It's really young. Yeah, 1100 years old. was born in. Dave had pointed out with the statue of Gerald that's there that the, the statue would be much, much younger compared to the rest of the city because it obviously had to have been carved during Gerald's lifetime. We, we have no reason to think Gerald is longer lived than appropriate. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So we see some people. Should should we approach them, or do you think we should just try to sneak around the city first and and figure? What did I say? Why well, don't you want to kick me out and send me down there by myself with a couple of horses? <laughs> uh, which, if that's what we decide, I'll do that. But no, I decide. Know, Boom. Do we? Okay. I, I guess we're not gonna do any no. reconnoitering. Yeah. No. So, so, so I don't. There is, I have an idea. There is one other feature that jumps out at you with with this city is that um, towards <clears throat> the back of the city, there does seem to be a uh, a large section that is actually lit up by sunlight. You can see shafts uh, of light that is coming down from maybe six different angles um, okay. th- from the top of this this large open cavern. And so, and, but they all look like that they were drilled and created to focus all the lights on one particular area in the city. But mm-hmm. it, it's far away. You'd have to go through the city to, to get to that, to get okay. to that area. Is this what's happening? We're going to go talk to them or I'm going to go talk to them because y'all are chicken. Oh, we're going to see how much stuff is in my backpack. Oh, we're just going to dump the game out. show. What's in Galaxy's <laughs> backpack? Dump out Galaxy's backpack and take inventory yep. <laughs> all right well i i'll i'll take the proverbial bull by the horns and um start walking towards the the group of people that we can see walking around all right um, a- any idea what they're they're just kind of milling around or does it look like there's a market in the square or are they having some sort of ceremony or just it does they're not just lingering around they are it is people that are that are moving back and forth they seem to be carrying and doing chores and things like that okay. but there there's no there's no marketplace okay. that you can see so that they're, they're moving with purpose yes Alrighty. okay um, let's all go except for right, me well, I'm, I'm gonna go but i'm gonna i'm gonna stick to the you know the the shadows and and not just boldly stride out into right. the open Did, i'm gonna observe as much as i can, can on my you way. Get but, me before like you go in can please? you roll an intelligence check for me do i have a do you have a 
Modifier on your intelligence. One. Minus one. <laughs> so that's a two. <laughs> All right. So you just... So are you on your pony still? I think I'm leading my pony. You're leading your pony. Okay, but... All right, then you just stride right in. Hey, fellers. <laughs> so you go you go across this the stone bridge that leads over the river of Mountain Dew. Yep. And when you get to the other side of the bridge, there there's a a copper dragonborn woman that's carrying uh, a bundle of of wood and sticks in her hands. And she looks up at you, wide-eyed and drops the wood. And she takes off running. And I no, Dave is She's, She starts saying things that you, I, that, you that, that you can't understand. Oh, well, I forgot yeah. to ask for the assistance. That's that's the reason why I was doing the intelligence yeah, check to see if you yeah. would realize I that. Remember to ask. For they're sending the one person in the group that doesn't speak Draconic <laughs> into town to talk to the people Thank of Dragonborn. She might have said something rude. Okay, so I, I think maybe I'll. Uh, do, do they look, you know, like they're healthy, or do they look? Ragged. They do look ragged. They look. They look ragged. They look malnourished. They look. They look skinny. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull out some food, and I'm gonna. The next one I see, I'm gonna maybe try to. I gotta make the best of this here. Okay. I'm gonna hey, give people or some Oreos. You know, maybe I could turn around and try to wave the 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 elven princesses to come with me okay so girls you see you guys gonna come with me gonna come help help? no so well well, dave sort of got out of your field of vision because as he the bridge that he went across you know has a has a curve to it so he went up he got up to the top of the bridge and he started going down so when he got down to the other side of the bridge you lost sight of him so you you don't have line of sight with them right right now unless you like ran over to the side and motioned to them from across the across the river i'm gonna go up to people because I have five packs of Oreos. So the, the one, the one that's, that startled and ran away, did she run into a building? or? She did, did she... run into a building, yep. Hey, okay. would you like some um, Oreos? Hey, hey! Uh, I think I'm going to go back to the princesses, and uh, we're going to confer some more. Okay. Okay, so girls, this, these, these folks look a little rough. They, they look like they're hungry, and they look a little ragged. I'm I, trying I don't... to sell them some I don't Oreos. think they have any money. I think they might, and and they're very scared. They they ran away from me as soon as they. Well, one of them that saw me ran away. No, um, I'm giving it for free. Okay, well they might welcome some free food for sure, but we have to get them to trust us first. So do you? Does one of you that can speak with them want to come with me so that we can Fine. maybe communicate? Uh, make me go see or how it just makes cast, me feel. You could cast the spell on me, and, and and I could try it. See how it makes me. feel. I could do charm person to see if they like us. What? That would force them to like. Yeah, us. Yeah, it would force them to like us. So would that be good? No. I I, I don't know. I can probably no. Okay, uh, I, I'm going. Ugh. Oreos, free Oreos, the cookies, delicious cookies. So, have we crossed the bridge? Have we crossed the bridge then, so all of us? I, I'll say that, that you've gotten to the top of the bridge and you're okay. working your way down. And is she shouting? Yeah, she's sh- she's. Sh- are you shouting it in common or draconic? Draconic. Okay. Okay. Uh, but there's there's no equivalent word for Oreo and draconic. So you're saying indra- you're saying some strange word, and then saying the the word free in draconic. So it's it's kind of like bibbly bloop free bibbly bloop free come get him bibbly bloop. No no can you make cookies. 
Okay. okay. I'm you know the draconic word for cookies. Yeah, yeah, you know the draconic word for cookies, sure. <clears throat> Is there like a person? So you start making your way down the bridge and you do see someone running towards you now. And it's the same dragonborn woman that you saw before that ran into the building. I'm talking in a draconic. Draconic. Hola. Hello. <laughs> you, you speak to her <laughs> in draconic Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hola. She she seems frazzled. She seems out of breath, and she runs up to you. And because Galaxy has been screaming out, you know, <laughs> free cookies from the bridge, you do notice that there are other Dragonborn that they're stopping what they're doing. They're looking at us, and this woman runs up to you. So who would be in the lead? Me. You're in front. Okay. She runs up and she grabs your hands, and she says in Draconic, "Please, you 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 must come with me, please." Okay. What is she saying? We have to come with her. I'm coming. Like right now. And she and she drags you by the hand and starts pulling you towards one of the buildings nearby. Cookies! Get your feet. No one has... I don't know what's happening. Okay, we're following. You, un, you understand Draconic, so you would have heard what she had said. Oh, I'm like, okay, I'll just... I'm, I'm going to tag along with her and, and go into the building. She pulls right. you into this, this stone building. Uh, it's probably about four, four stories tall, and it's got a fairly large uh, door to enter in on the, the ground level. And she pulls you in, including the ponies. She insists that everything comes inside inside the building. And once you get inside, she... My pickle? You don't have a pickle. But every, she gets all of you inside, including your ponies, and then she shuts shuts the door behind you. And that's when she says, Thank, thank goodness you are here. We we need your help. What is it? You must, you must speak to the diviner. Where's the diviner? The, the diviner, he is further into the city, and I must bring you to him. Why? So you can help us. Why? So we can help you. So why, what do you need help for? I, I will let the diviner tell you that. What is she saying? <laughs> <laughs> you two, yeah, you two are having this whole conversation. So Dave, you're just looking back and forth between the two of them. Not understanding a word that's coming out of their mouths. I believe that the gods have sent you to us to help. Michigan. Okay, let's go. Michigan. <laughs> and this, so this woman says, "It, it will be hard to get you into further into the city with the horses." Can we keep, no. Can we keep the horses here, and then when we're done, come back here? Yes. But if you do anything to Tiny Ginger... It's it's just until you talk to the Diviner and and we convince the people that you are you are the heroes that have come to help. Then hey, then wait, we can safely get the ponies. Why is this Daryl a statue of Gerald up in the front? Ger- you know Gerald? Oh yeah, he sacrificed himself so I wouldn't be a werewolf. <laughs> I don't, I don't know anything about that, but Gerald... He died. He died? Yeah. When? Sadly. Look at year ago. Oh, ter- and she puts her she puts her <laughs> head in her hand, and she's like, oh, this is terrible news. Don't die, don't worry. He was... He tried to help us. He was he was another hero that, that came. Him and Milo. They, they, they came last year, oh. and they tried to... They tried to defeat Zelane, but they Wait. were unsuccessful. Wait. Did there used to be a statue of Milo up there? Yeah, yeah. 
It's, uh, the, the Dreadnoughts tore it down, though. Why? Because Milo, there was a statue of Milo, and Milo took Zelane's eye. The Dreadnoughts didn't, didn't like that, and so they tore Milo's statue down. So, does he, who is this guy you're talking about? Not Milo, but the other guy? Zelane, he's the, he is the, uh, he, he's the giant further into the mountain, and he is the reason why we live the way that we do. And we, we need your help. But wait, where's the eye of this guy? Milo stabbed Zelane in the eye and took out his, took out his right eye. And where is it? It's 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 gone. It 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 died. It it decomposed into the dirt, into what the stone. What did she say? <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So, can you give us directions? Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's like we need to leave the ponies here, and I will bring you into the city, and you can talk to the diviner. Okay. All right. So do you tie up your ponies, or so? So what do you do? What yeah, do you... I'll, I'll I'll tie the ponies up and uh, make sure they've got some food and, and water. To but you have while, no idea why. I wait, but I don't know what's going on. I'll well, bacon some yeah. We have to go follow this lady. Oh, okay. what's your okay. name again? Uh, you didn't ask her her name. Oh, wait, I'm speaking to her. Oh, I'm, what's your name? My my name is Hethris. Close. I said, "Here I am, so yeah." And yeah, and so, I, I do want to point out that she is a um, a copper dragonborn, so she she has the same colored scales that you're used to seeing on on Jed. Wait, I thought Jed was red. Mm-mm. Nope. No. <laughs> okay, so uh, girls, can I get a rundown? Of what's happening? So we're gonna call this lady so we can stop this giant in the mountain, okay. and because so we have to talk to this person, and then we are the heroes, and yeah. That's very concise. Thank you. Um, I, <laughs> do, are we taking the horses with us, or are we gonna leave them here? We have to leave them here soon. Okay. Well. Bye, dirty ginger. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll tie them up and make sure they're fed and watered then, and uh, we can skedaddle. All right. All right. So. Can I have the, the Comprehend Languages? Would that be okay? Please? Do, do you have that spell prepared? Galaxy, do you have Comprehend Languages? I haven't picked my spells. Oh, this would, this would be a good time to pick those spells. That Wouldn't that be hilarious if she still doesn't pick that spell that I have prepared? That would be awesome. <laughs> okay. All right, so whatever spells that you didn't pick, put those off to the side. Where's Comprehend Languages? Which one is Comprehend Languages? The one that says Comprehend Languages. I think it's a level one spell. It's a level one. I got it. You got it? So, Comprehend Languages, that lasts for an hour. So, Comprehend Languages, it will allow you to understand the literal meaning of any spoken language that you hear. You also understand any written language that you see, but you need to be touching the surface to be able to read it. It doesn't mean I can speak. That's correct. You just understand it. So, at least for the next hour, if she does cast it on you, then you won't be in the dark on the conversations that are happening. But at least you can Don't hear cast it. it. Don't. Can I please? I'll cast it. Okay. No! Because <laughs> you want to talk something bad about Dave, don't you? No. So, you get your ponies prepared. You set out some food, water, or anything else to to make them content while you're gone. And then, Galaxy, you pull out your magic wand and you wave it over Dave's head. Why can't I do it with my hand? Sure, you can do it with your hand. Yay! So what? So what is it? So if you want to do it with your hand, do you want to describe it? What is it? What What does comprehend languages? What does that spell look like when you cast it? It's so I put it over his head. Yellow. It looks like water. 
So you're spraying me in the face with yellow head. water? On his head. Of okay. Ten drops. Like, and then he is comprehending. Gal right. Galaxy, your spells are so messy. <laughs> no, it's just this one. I made it like that. <laughs> and so now you can understand Hethras when she says, All right, come with me. Come with me. We must go. Oh, do you understand that? I'm saying yes, Ola I do. in. Thank you. I'm saying Ola in Dragon Conic. And Dave understands all of that. <laughs> Hethras leads you further back into this building to a door that leads out the back. She's taking you out the back way. And she opens up that door and she pokes her head out. And she looks back and forth and she, she waves you with her hand towards her. I walk in casual. And then she pauses for a moment. She looks back at you and she, she asks, Do. Do you have cloaks that you can pull up? Uh, I have a cloak. Okay. No. And, and little one, is there, any, is there any way that you could make yourself look taller? He, he can just go. Uh, well, I suppose you could pass for a child. So, but just pull your cloak up and just make sure that your skin does not get shown to anyone. But I have a hood. Yes, pull that, pull that up. But especially, especially the little one, since the heroes of Gerald and Milo, he has a name. People love halflings, and if anyone sees him here, they will stop him. Why? Because they love halflings. Wait, 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 wait. His he has a name. His name is Surferboy. Surfer okay. Boy, make sure you stay covered. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm sorry, what, what, what were your names? Well, my name is Mimi, and this is Buttface. <laughs> <laughs> Mimi, Buttface, and Surfer Boy. Actually, my name is Galaxy, and his name is Ferocious Tiger. <laughs> Fer Ferocious Tiger Surfer Guy. Yeah. Galaxy, Mimi, got it. It's okay. <laughs> Oh, no, but his name is Surfer Boy, not Surfer Guy. Oh, he, Surfer Boy. He's being called Surfer Guy, right? Surfer, like, fiercest dying uh, Surfer Boy. This, this is, you, he has a very, you have a very long name, Ferocious Tiger Surfer Boy. They call him Surfer Boy. Surfer, Surfer Boy for short? Okay, okay, we don't have time for this. <laughs> Surfer Boy, follow oh, me. this is amazing. Finally, we get to change our name. And I'm, <laughs> I'm just telling everyone. What's wrong with Dave? <laughs> So she takes you out into the into this alley, and there is a small trail of Mountain Dew that goes along uh, the the side that that I is lighting it up. I take my empty water cup. You should I, ask ask her what that stuff is. What is that Mountain Dew? I I don't know what this Mountain Dew is, but it's Mountain it's, Dew. It's a soda. So I put it in my. My um, um 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 my water my empty water bottle and I drink it for the road. And you drink it. What does it taste you like? You might want to know what it is first. Can it's you? Mountain Dew. <laughs> Just because it's called Mountain Dew doesn't so, mean it's drinkable. Galaxy, roll roll initiative for me. I want to see who can initiative? react. Who can ra react first? Initiative. <laughs> you got a natural twenty. All right. So you. Very quickly and very confidently pull out your 
flask or cup or whatever, whatever your drinking device is, dip it into the water and start gulping it down right away. And just once you get to the second gulp, that's when Hethris. Wait, no! Oh. What is it? Now I need you to roll a constitution saving throw. What is it? Oh, I'm not going to die! <laughs> roll a constitution saving what throw. Is, what is, is that poison? Never drink strange liquids in an old dwarven city. <laughs> Lesson learned. It's this, it's, this is just, it's the magical liquid that, that lights up the water, but it's not safe to drink. I got a 19. You got a 19? Okay. So, you've, you drink it down and it tasted terrible and it smelled bad and when it hits your stomach it's like you feel your stomach grumbling a little bit but you let out a belch um you don't feel great but i'm still good you no i don't i I keep i don't do the reaction hey baby you want to try some it's just so she looks at galaxy says okay so are you all right can you travel yes excellent don't drink the water (laughs) wait that's water what don't drink the Mountain Dew. <laughs> and she okay. goes to the end of the alley, and she's, she looks around, and she waves her hand again, and she, she runs out, expecting the three of you to follow quickly after I'm following. her. I'm like, I'm running. <sighs> all right, I need... But I'm super hot in my cloak and my helmet, so yeah. I need all three of you to roll a stealth check for me. <sighs> 17 plus 3. I got a 10. I got a 1. Uh, I, got a ten. I got a 7 plus Okay, I'm sorry. so Dave, what did you have? I have a 20, but it's a 17 plus 3. All right, unnatural 20. All right. So so it was a 20, a 10, and a 13? Okay. So I'm going to go by the by the average of the group. And so that 20 really did, did help out. So there's a couple stumbles along the way. And for a moment, there you catch the eye of another dragonborn across the street, but quickly pull up your hood and break eye contact and keep moving and nothing happens after that. So you make your way through the town. You go in about three or four blocks in. And again, just to, to, to reinforce this, is, this is an old city and it looked like it did house many, many people at one point in time. And so where you're at in the city now, the, the smallest structure or building is four stories tall. That's around you right now. The so it's, smallest? Yeah, the smallest. So they're, they're large stone buildings and structures that are, that are all around you. And Hethris brings you down the alley next to one of the, the taller buildings and comes to, uh, comes to a door. And motions for you to to come in. She leads you into the building, and she actually takes you down some stairs inside this building. So she's starting to take you into the lower levels, into the basement of it. And that's when you come to a room that is lit up with dozens of candles, burning incense. But there is you you get you immediately pick up the smell of of sick of old bodily fluids being in here it, yeah it doesn't smell great doesn't smell great and there is a you see a dragonborn that a very very old dragonborn that is lying in a bed piled up with furs and you from just his face is visible and it's wrinkled scales are falling off of his face and the little bits that you can actually see of him, he's 
visually shaking. Like he is, he has a, such a terrible fever that even all the furs and blankets that are piled up on top of him can't keep him warm. And this is when Hethra says, "This, this is the diviner." Oh, is he like a king? He's he's like our he's like our wise one. Wise one. Hello. And he slowly turns his his face towards you. Are you dying? He's like, I am very sick. Yes, but my name is Tarun. Tarhun. And he's a he's a he's a green dragonborn. I saw this moment. I saw that the three of you would come to our city and you would be able to help us. D- does Tarhun by any chance speak common? Um do you say anything out loud? Do I? Yeah. Uh what ails you, Tarhun? Tarhun, he lo- he looks at you. He says, Oh He says this in common now. He says, A halfling. Oh, that's right, that's right. So good to see one of you little ones again. You did. We could really use your help, Dave. And that's when... Uh, uh, Oh, hold on. And and that's when Hethris speaks up. No wise one. His name is Surfer Boy. (laughs) Tarhun looks at Hethris and looks back at at Dave. He's like, I believe it's... I believe it's Dave, not Surfer Boy. Dave is Surfer Boy in in the language he speaks. Oh. Apologies, Tarhun. My traveling companions like to uh, put me in awkward situations. Dave, surfer boy. We're so glad that you're here because we need your help to defeat the fire giant, Zelane. What? Dun, dun, dun. Gerald and Milo last year very nearly succeeded. And that's why we, we had erected the statues of them. But the dreadnoughts, they serve Zelane. Um, and from what I saw of your coming as well, you have a problem. You need to get back home. Yes. A vampire yes, we put are, us here. We don't know where we are. A vampire put us here and we don't know how to get out. Is Milo still here? My, Milo died in the attempt to defeat Zelane. Okay. <clears throat> and Gerald, Gerald left after that. I think a surfer boy has something to tell you. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to ask, would you like no, me... No, 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 no. He has to say something about Gerald. Oh, yes. Well, Gerald was a dear friend of mine uh, from a long time back, and unfortunately he passed recently uh, helping us in a very dire situation. And he closes his eyes in, in grief and takes a deep breath, and that's very terrible to hear. He was... He was a great man. He, he, he truly was. Sir, I, I have some ability in the healing arts. Would you like me to see if there's anything I can do for you? You're a healer. I'm a cleric, sir, a, a priest of Mishikal. And his eyes get, get wide, and he looks at Hathras, and she looks back at him wide-eyed. And, we, and he says, I, I did not think to hope that we, we have no healing healers in this town. I, yes, please. But I... I'm on death's door, and I would. I understand if you're not, if you would not be successful. Okay, well, I'm going to cast prayer of healing. Are there other people in this room that are also ill? Mm, it- no, it's just okay, him. Okay. Just well, him. I'm going to cast prayer of healing. Okay. So it takes ten minutes. All right. So this is a, this is a pretty powerful <clears throat> healing yeah. spell. Then 
It's a two. Yeah, casting time, 10 minutes. Up to six creatures of your choice that, that you can see within range. Each regain hit points equal to 2d8 plus your spell casting ability modifier. Spell has no effect on undead or constructs. Uh, when you cast a spell using a spell slot of third level or higher, the healing increases by 1d8 for each slot level above second. Okay. Ten minutes later. Ooh. Okay. So, uh, you know, prayer of healing. So, on my knees, holding my symbol, of, divine symbol of Mishakal, entreating my deity for, on behalf of this individual. Okay. I can't remember his name. <laughs> Tarhun. Tarhun. And ten minutes later, divine light, I hope. Divine light comes out of your hands and encompasses the entire area. And so everyone gets a feeling of the warm glow of Mishakal. Hethress drops to her knees and holds her hands together and closes her eyes. And she's got a huge smile on her face. And the light settles down around Tarhun. And after a moment, the muscles in his face relax he stops shaking, his eyes open up, and he starts to sit up. And he starts moving the pelts and furs and blankets off of him. He's still very old. He's still a very old man. But he looks much better than what he was before. And he stands up and he arcs his back with his, knuckling the, the lower part of his, his spine. And you can hear the cracks come out as the vertebrae start to straighten out. And, and... Like, was he sick for a while? You're not sure. Were you sick for a and, long time? And he says, Dave, surfer boy, thank you so much. I haven't felt this well in 10 years. So you were I'm sick happy for like, I could help. So you were sick for like 10 years. You were sick for like 10 years. No, no. This, this was an illness that, uh, that just came upon me in the, in the last couple of months. But I'm a, I'm a very old man. And... Uh, Ten years ago, I was a younger man and felt better then. And I wonder, and he, he bends down, and you hear the cracking of ligaments in his knees as, as he gets down. He's like, oh! I can do that. Oh, and, he, and he stands back up. He's like, I haven't been able to do that for quite a while. Thank you, Dave Surferboy. You're welcome, Tarhun. Uh, how would you suggest we approach solving your problem? Well... You won't be able to get to the other side of the mountain where, where the giant Zelane is without help. We have, we have scouts that can, that can bring you through, that can show you the way, but no one will help you until you gain the people's trust. Do your people have enough food, sir? No, no. We, it's, we, being underground, we don't have a great way of growing a lot of food, and... Most most of the, the livestock are being killed by some basilisks that live in the area. We could talk to Greethen. Greethen oversees the, the farming of the town. And if you could get him on your side, then, well, hearts often follow the stomach. Understood. Um, I also have it within my power to create a small amount of food that would feed a few people, if you believe that would help. That may help in the short term. It may help with a family. Maybe if we feed some kids, because then they could grow a little <laughs> better. Well, let's go, let's go talk to... Greethen. Greethen. <laughs> Sorry, lots of, lots of 
yeah. exotic names I'm throwing at you. And Tar- Tarhun says, "All right, I will. I will take you to Griffin. It's uh, but keep those cloaks up, and uh, because until we make more friends in the city, we can't have people knowing that you're here." Are are you left to yourselves, or are you slaves to this fire giant? The fire giant comes in and uh, he takes any dragonborn that are red or gold dragonborn. They they can tolerate the heat and the fire better than the rest of us, and so his dreadnoughts are all the gold and red dragonborns, and they they come in and they take whatever they want. Are they under some sort of compulsion? Or they I wish. Then there might be something that we can do about it. They these dragonborn feel like that they're better than the rest of us and they they serve willingly. So that's why it's so dangerous. That's why it's so difficult to get to the other side of the mountain is because the golds and the reds they patrol all the all the ways in. And so but we do know of other ways around that, but you need a guide because it comes very close to the underdark to get to the other side of the oh, mountain. Um, you know your Martin do? What's the what's yes, the Mountain Dew. Um what is it made out of? It's it's just water that's been the dwarves that used to live here, they they imbued it with some sort of magic to to make it glow. Okay. But so it but it is just water, but it's just dirty water. I would don't drink it. She drank it. <laughs> <laughs> Galaxy just sort of hides her face. It's just <laughs> And then she's like, Who? Galaxy, you are you are alright? You you did not get sick? No. I just had a little cramp. A little cramp. A little. A little well, you must have a strong constitution then. That's that bodes well. Though because we need strong heroes to, to, to fight against Elaine. Well, yes, I I I'm a wizard, so <laughs> Should we go visit uh, the the Greethen. farmer, Greethen, and and see if we can help with their food supply. Maybe then uh, we can get some folks to help us out with this fire fire giant. Okay. okay Let's um. All right. So they're going to lead okay. you out of this building again, and I need everyone to roll stealth checks stealth one more time. Check. Stealth. Oh dear. Five. Yes. Okay. Let me just nine. Nineteen. All right. Okay. So we've got a five, a two, a two, and two nineteens. I think that's taking the average. That's not quite going to be good enough. But nineteens are good. Nineteens are good. And that's what. So you're following behind Hethris and Tarhun, and they turn a corner, and they run into another dragonborn. And they they're carrying bundles of of cloth, and they're they're just they're very loaded down with uh, carrying materials, and they look up and make eye contact with all three of you. They see underneath your cloaks, and see that you're a halfling, and see that you're two elves, and their eyes go wide, but then the eyes settle back on to Dave, and she yells out in draconic. A halfling! We're saved! No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm the one saving you. All right, so let's... So is that, is that going to be an, an attack? But 
I want I want everyone to roll initiative because I want to see who can react fastest. Seventeen. A natural one. A natural one. <laughs> okay. Fourteen. Okay. So the the dragonborn that you encountered had a very good uh, initiative, but both Petrus and Tarhun. They got incredible initiatives. Both of them got a natural 20 on their initiative. So just as like the last word escaped this, this dragonborn's mouth, both of them reach forward and clamp their clawed hands over this person's mouth and, and grab her arms and, and pull her to the side of the building and they start having whispered conversations. And you see... You see... Tarhun make the gesture with his he brings a finger up to his mouth and goes and they manage to convince her to not make any more noise and he turns back to the three of you and he gives he gives a thumbs up (laughs) and he starts he starts moving with you again through the city but he starts leading you towards the the outskirts of the city of where there aren't as many uh, buildings and it looks like that there's some open area. And so he does bring you to an area that's that's fairly flat and doesn't uh, and it is surrounded by buildings, but it's it's a large flat open area with, within the city and it looks like this is what they constitute as a quote unquote farm. But it they're not growing crops because there's no sunlight that's down here or they're not growing traditional crops. But what you, what you can tell is that it does look like that they are growing some they're growing mushrooms and it looks like some sort of plant um some sort of maybe an algae or something like that it doesn't look very appetizing but it's basically they're growing things that doesn't require a lot of a lot of sunlight to to grow and they have um a lot it looks like they piled up a lot of a lot of dirt and a lot of organic matter and old wood that uh, that they've taken from various things and set that up and set up mushroom logs and are growing huge mushrooms off of these things. So again, the food that they're growing doesn't look very appetizing and it doesn't look like it's a lot depend especially considering you know how many dragonborn are actually living in this city. If this is meant to supply all of them, you could you can tell why everyone is so sickly and skinny looking. Tarhun walks up, and there is a dragonborn who's who's bent over and is working in the in the field, and he's picking up mushrooms, large mushrooms that he's pulling off of the logs, and he's throwing them over his shoulder into this huge sack that sits on on top of his back. And he's an older dragonborn as well. He's been, and it looks like that he's been doing this for a while, because you he's hunched over because of the huge sack that's on his back. But you get the impression that even if you took that sack off, he would still be hunched over with how long that he's been doing this work for. And he doesn't notice you as as you walk up because he's he's busy farming the mushrooms. I say this in draconic thingy baby. I say, hola. So so he stops. He's about ready to pick another mushroom, and he looks up. His eyes go wide, and he startles for a moment. And he goes, "Tarun, who who are the who are these people?" Hola, hola. Oh, oh. Oh no 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 no. This is Surfer Boy, and this is Galaxy, and I'm Mimi. So Surfer Boy, Galaxy, and Mimi. <laughs> Tarun, Hethris, what? Who are these strangers? And Tarun says, "They are the heroes that I foresaw." They will. They will help us defeat Zeland. Is he speaking Draconic again? Yes, he is. Okay. Well, it has an hour. What does he 
passe. <laughs> Nope, an hour oh, has not okay. passed by yet. I still yet. have the spell. All yeah, right. so you, you, yeah, so you can, you can still hear them. Tarhun says to to Grethen, Grethen, we need to get the people on our side to help them get over to the other side of the mountain to defeat Zelane. What do you suggest? Because I know we need food. This one, the halfling, he can create food and water temporarily, but we need a long term solution. And Grethen, he rubs his chin with his scaled hand. And he says, there's two things that I can think of. The first one would be if they could secure the sunlight again for us, we could start growing real crops down here. The other thing I can think of is if if they can find and kill the, the, the creature that's been killing the livestock. That would help as well. The children would find that particularly funny if they were able to do that one. What is uh, what is ho- keeping you from using the sunlight? The reason that we can't use that sunlight area is because there are otiugs in the area. They're terrible monsters that wait in the area for any creature to come by. They're they're large and they're always hungry. You, should we go after the the creature that's eating the livestock, or should we go after the otiugs? The otiug. Otiug. So, and then and, and that creature. And then Tarhun says, "Now the second thing, the reason why the children would think it's hilarious, is because the creature that's been eating the livestock they've nicknamed Poop Poop. <laughs> so you would be on a Poop Poop hunt. A Poopo hunt." We're known for that. No. So it's the the creature they think is a giant rat. However, rats don't turn people to stone. Is it Medusa? Well, basilisks can do that. I bet it's Medusa. We're gonna see Medusa. (laughs) So, what do we have? What do we have in our abilities? Uh, or, or with us that could help us defend against being turned to stone. Well, do you want to like roll a arcana check? Well, I kind of feel like Sam. Galaxy Stop. should roll the arcana check. Yeah, I'm really good at arcana. Yeah. See what we can do to prevent being turned to stone by the basilisk. Okay, let's see. Assuming it is a basilisk. I got a 19. You got a 19? Okay. Yeah, a natural 19. Right, so, okay. So, Galaxy, you know that if someone gets turned to stone by a, a Medusa or a Basilisk, which you're thinking is probably a Basilisk is, is the creature that they're referring to here, is that if the creature is petrified until freed by a greater restoration spell or other magic. And because you got a 19 for, for that, uh, you also know that... You do recall reading something about that if you can get a hold of a basilisk's stomach, the chemicals that are in it could potentially be used to create a potion that will change someone back to flesh from stone. Because in fact, that's how a basilisk eats. It turns its prey to stone then eats the stone, but inside the stomach, the stone gets turned back into flesh, and that's how it gets its its nourishment from the creatures. Okay, so we got to go find a stomach, I guess. 
Because I don't have one of those remove. Greater restoration. Greater restorations. All right. Are we going to do that or do you want to do the, the, the other one with the sunlight? No, I don't want to do like sunlight. Like you want to do the basilisk? Like right. mage hand help? So, <laughs> it, 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 I, I don't know. So mage hand may help if you didn't want to get your hands dirty as you were carving up the basilisk to get at the organ inside of it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but first, you have to find poop poop. Where, where will we begin looking for poop poop? <laughs> and Greethid says... Further to the east is is the area that we keep what livestock that uh, that we have, and it's there that the that poop poop has been coming out and and killing them. We've tried, we thought about moving the livestock further in town, but we're afraid to that the that poop poop will start going after the people then if if it starts coming in town looking for food. So our only choice has been to keep the the livestock out there, but they're slowly being picked off, and we're we need them. It usually comes out at night, which down here is hard to tell by, but you can go, you can tell by the lighted area that when that goes dark, then the basilisk usually comes. So, so what are you, so what are you going to do for for your plan? Are you just going to like camp out, wait for the thing to show up? Maybe uh, take the livestock that it seems to prefer and, and tie one up, use it as bait and keep an eye on it. Okay. In an open area so that the monster has to show itself. All right. So there, so you get out there, and there, there is a there is a pig pen that's there. <gasps> they do pig? have bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Let's kill the pigs. Or do I get a pet pig? Are you gonna try and take an animal out of the pen and maybe lead it no, further away, there? or are you gonna try and tie one up that's in the pen right now? Is there now? a person well, I, there? I want to. No, there's no per- I want to communicate with with Greetha in one way or another to find out where the attacks usually happen, where the animals are taken from. Then stake the animal Greethin. near there, but oh, you know, keep the others penned up. Okay. So, so Greethin, um, can how much would you like for one of these pigs? Like, can I buy a pig? <laughs> we, 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 we don't have any. We don't have money. It's we barter for everything. We have so little. It's so you'd okay. have to trade me something of. Of greater, equal or greater value to the pig. Um, what if? Uh, and he also there? says the pigs do tend to be the favorite animal of the of poop poop. Would you? Okay. And would you take banana? Would you take a banana? A single banana is like no, that would not oh, wait, be enough. Wait, would you take a banana and uh, rhubarb pie? I baked the fresh pie. You do not have rhubarb pie. That that thing would be so moldy and no, old I, right now. No, I. Freshly baked it. <laughs> when did you freshly bake a rhubarb when pie? I was in the town. Would you like some? When I was in my whole house. I have, I have a necklace that is really valuable. Would you take that for a pig? Can Can you eat the necklace? No, but you could trade it in for stuff. For what though? For to, other to who? To like <laughs> other people, to other um dragon bones. Gold and jewelry have no value here. If you can't. A teddy bear for a pig? No. <laughs> what will you take? If Would you take if a- you can get a second basilisk stomach, I will trade a pig for that. You have to get a second. A sec- you already have one. Well, no, because when you kill, knob? no, he's referring. So when you kill poop poop, 
right? So that that will endear yourself to the children in the townsfolk uh, yeah. to, to to gain their trust. And if you get the stomach that's out of that, then he's assuming that's already been committed to someone or someone else is going to be taking that. So he's assuming that he wants his own basilisk stomach. So you would have to get a second one for him to have. We have to get a second. Okay. Well, we got to concentrate on poop poop first. We can, we can go on a basilisk hunt after. But I need a pig. Uh, I can make some bank. One thing at a time. they need all their pigs for food right now. Maybe we can... They'll be grateful if we save them, and then we can come back later, and maybe they'll let you have a piglet. Wait. A baby pig. Right, so, so, so Grethen also says boy. that uh, the, the poop poop will go after the easiest prey that it can find. So if you take one of the pigs and tie it up further away to the east, that's the direction that poop poop usually comes from. And so it, it'll, and if it sees a pig that's tied up, and outside of the pen, it should go for it. Okay. I can't kill a pig. We're not going to kill the pig. We're going to kill the basilisk. We're going to protect the pig. That's our goal. Fine. <laughs> but you're the one tying him up, surfer boy. <laughs> surfer boy. <Okay. laughs> All right. All right, so, so... I'm not above... I'm not above wrestling yeah. livestock. <laughs> All right, so uh, you hop over the... The fence to the pig pen. Uh, roll an animal handling for me there, Dave. Oh, 15. 18 total. Oh, okay. I thought there was going to be some comedic antics that happens off of this. But yeah, no problem. You get in there. You, <laughs> Dave's you, an old hand at lifestyle. Yeah, you, you get you get the, the rope tied up beforehand. And you've got a loop on it. And you manage to get it around the pig's neck real quick. And, and got to tighten it. Squeals a little bit. Dungeon Master, I clumb into the pig pen. And I... See all the baby little piglets and like. Hmm. Well, there's no piglets in there right now. Baby pigs. There's no there's no baby pigs in there right now. They're just they're all regular sized pigs. There's like three pigs total. You know how? Oh, that's all. Yeah, that's all. That's, well, they really are in dire straits. Okay. You know how there's a spell that says like sorry that is one that you could cast an animal. Um, like speak with animals. No, cast one. Oh, I mean, like, like conjure, summon... Oh, like, me, Mimi can summon animals. Yeah. yeah. She could do a pig. Out of and it nothing? Go or? Yeah. And if it tries to go on it, it's bait. Is, is it a permanent summon? Or it, no, it, it only lasts for, for an hour. Because oh. then we wouldn't be actually hurting a pig. Yeah, look, can we do that instead of using a real pig? Yeah. I didn't know about that, Mimi. And then when it comes uh, out to it... Grab it Surfer boy. But but again, it, it does only last for, for an hour. Oh, okay. So if you put it out there and the basilisk doesn't show up, she's going to have to recast the spell and potentially use up a lot of spells. Right. Right. What if, what if we we'll, wait? we'll risk we'll risk the I guess we'll risk the living pig and count on no, our, no, no, I'll use count on our mad skills to save it. Mishikal will will not she, allow us to fail. No, she said she will risk a spell slot. Oh, okay. Well, we don't know when the bass is going to show up. We just know sometime after dark. So if it only lasts for an hour, you, you could end up recasting that thing all night long and using up all your mojo. So let's let's. Oh, sorry, sorry. Your voice was so boring when I fell asleep. I know. I had that same problem when you talked, too. <laughs> so let's. What? You lead the basilisk out of the pig pen and lead it away from, from the other pigs out to the east towards the. 
wild area, I suppose, of like this is where the the city ends and then you start getting into the the natural stone of the mountain and the cracks and crevices and tunnels that that lead throughout it. And so you find a spot and do you just stake it into the ground tied to the rope or how, how do you want to do it? Uh, yeah, there's got to be something nearby that we could tie the rope to. I have a rope. Staking into the ground. I don't know if the ground is solid stone. We won't be take, staking into that. But. There's definitely plenty of stone that you could tie a rope around in yeah. and secure the peg. We'll, we'll figure out a way to, to secure I it. I have a rope. In, pl- in an area that uh, is is plain sight, but we have we can easily watch for approaching critters. Okay. All right. So you stake the peg. Nighttime comes. I want the three of you to roll a survival check for me because you're because you're hunting now. Eleven. Thirteen. Okay. Is it survival? Survival. Yep. Twelve. Okay. So I think we got like an average of twelve yeah. with the three of you. Okay. So you you all hide, waiting, watching, for poop poop to come out and go after poop. the pig. And after waiting two hours, you start to hear some noise coming from a nearby cave. And you see in the low in the low light, you see a basilisk. So the basilisk has got glowing blue eyes. It's got red rock-like scales that sticks out from the top of it, and it has eight legs. I'd say it's probably it's about uh, it's about seven feet long, from head to tail. And it comes lumbering out on its eight legs, and it makes eye contact with the pig, and the pig, and the, the, like... the pig starts to squeal, and it try it starts yanking on the rope that it's on, trying trying to get away. And that's when the basilisk charges forward and starts running with a growl. <laughs> Hold it. All right, so let's 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 do initiative. Start this encounter. Seven. Seven for Mimi. Six. Six for Dave. Six. Initiative. Yep, initiative. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. I believe I would go first. Galaxy, you get to go first. Blast it, Galaxy. Lightning bolt. Lightning bolts. Very nice. What's your spell save DC? Sixteen. Sixteen. Okay. The Basilisk does not save, so I need you to roll 8d6, and that's how much lightning damage it would take. So, yeah, so you jump out with your magic wand and shoot it out at the Basilisk, and this huge bolt of lightning streaks out and hits the Basilisk in in its side. Eight of these? Yep, eight of those. So you could roll the four twice. And thunder crashes out and reverberates across the area in the city. Okay. 11, uh, 16, 18, uh, 29, 34. 30, wow, 34. Is No, he is not dead, but he does. He is not, not looking great. Sends it sprawling and it screams like, And. That's when it looks at you, and its glowing blue eyes settle on you, Galaxy, and I need you to roll a constitution saving throw. Yeah, what's your constitution saving throw? Zero. You have zero for it? Okay. Fifteen. Fifteen? Okay, that's good enough. All right, so you manage to 
divert your eyes just in time, but you could feel the magic coming from this creature's eyes that it was trying to turn you to stone. So next is going to be Mimi. First, get to the microphone. Yes. And then I just see some fire. And then I well, no, let's, let's let's be clear. Are you using a fireball? Because that's when you take a gem fire from your sphere, magical fire helmet. Sphere. Flaming sphere is what you're going to be casting. Okay. She has a magical helmet with gems that make fireballs. Yes. <laughs> oh, there was, oh, that reminds me. I forgot to tell you. Uh, is next time you're supposed to have advantage on your initiatives. Oh, okay. Because one of the magic item that Dave had gotten. Oh, it does say it on there. Is that you got a? It's called a dagger of warning, and so it makes it so that you can never be surprised. The dagger always warns you when you're about to be attacked, and so it also gives you. Uh, advantage on, on okay. initiatives. All right, so flaming sphere. Um, so you cast this and can move the sphere. It's a bonus action to cast it. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, it is one is one action. You use a bonus action to, to move it. All right, so you cast flaming sphere and creature needs to make a dexterity saving throw. What's your spell save, DC? 14. 14. All right, so the basilisk does save against this spell. All right, so there'd be 3d6, roll 3d6, and it's going to take half of that damage then. Take six, okay. All right, so you cast five-foot-wide Flaming Sphere and slam it into the into the Basilisk. Now I, I mean, need... I, it might not be six because it's 11. Oh, it should be five then. Oh, okay. I round down with that, which is okay. So the Flaming Sphere slams into, into the Basilisk, but it manages to, to jump out of the way just enough, but the, the flame does catch it um, on the hindquarters, like on the back uh, three legs. And I need you now to roll a constitution saving throw because it's blue magic eyes now look at you. And you can feel the magic starting to come from this creature at you. All right, you save as well. So you divert your eyes very quickly as well. And you felt the magic starting to, to, to creep over you, but you divert your eyes just in time. And so you are unaffected by it. So now... The basilisk is the basilisk's turn. Actually, both Dave and the basilisk got the same, but Dave, the house rule that I have is that whoever has the highest intelligence actually gets to go first. So Dave, you actually get to go first. You are smarter than a basilisk. You are smarter than poop poop. Uh, yay! <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna do. How far away is it? Um, right now it's it's within thirty feet. And what's normal melee range? Uh, five feet. Five so, feet. so yeah, I'm you gonna, just. I'm gonna do spiritual weapon then. Okay. That's got a sixty foot range. All right. So, it, it says casting time is one bonus action. So I guess that just uses the bonus action. Correct. Okay. Yep. So, and it doesn't say anything about a two hit on there. Do I still have to roll to see if it hits? You do. You do. You do roll it like uh like a melee attack. Seven. <laughs> Wait, was that a that's, that's a natural a, one? Yeah, it's a natural. All right, you you jump out with. The with Mimi and Galaxy, and you cast spiritual weapon, and you just so the spiritual weapon appears right next to right next to the basilisk, and you're about to make the motion to attack with it, but just as you do that, your foot catches on some loose gravel, and your feet slip out from behind you, and you fall on the ground, and you are prone, and this causes your spiritual weapon to shoot straight up into the air, about twenty feet above the basilisk right now. So you're on the ground looking at the basilisk and it's blue eyes. Now look at you. I need you to roll a constitution saving constitution throw. Constitution saving throw. Twelve. 
12? That is just good enough to not be turned to stone. All right, so now it is the Basilisk's turn. And who is the closest to the Basilisk? Actually, no, scratch that. No, the Basilisk has already taken a ton of damage, but it's hungry. So it's just gonna, it's gonna dive straight for, for the pick. So the Basilisk charges forward you can tell it tries to turn the pig to stone, but this pig has a very good constitution, and the pig does not turn to stone. So, not not being not being discouraged, the basculus then goes in for a regular attack, and goes up and bites the pig, and immediately kills the pig, breaks breaks the pig's neck, and grabs the pig in its mouth, and it turns around and starts running away. So it's still within 30 feet of all of you, but the, the Basilisk now has the pig in its mouth. Galaxy, it is your turn now. So the Basilisk is running away with the, with the now dead pig in its mouth. How dare you? You could do another lightning bolt if you wanted. Lightning bolts. All right. So he's got to roll a dexterity saving throw. What's your spell save DC again? 16. And it does not make it, so roll 8d6 is going to take the full damage of this lightning bolt. Alright, so we got 15, 17, 21, 24, 28, 29. Alright. You shoot out another gigantic bolt of lightning. Thunder, boom, crashes across the area like the first one. Slams into the back of the basilisk. It falls to the ground. The pig flies from its jaws, and it now lies on the ground, smoking and motionless. You have killed the basilisk. Wait, and is there another one? That's 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 the only one that was here. Well, should we get his stomach? Since nobody got petrified, we could just give the stomach to Greethan. And you could get a pig. If you really want to take their poor pig, they only have two pigs. I want a pig. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to take 50% of their pigs. Yes. So they won't be able to make any more pigs. They'll um, just have one useless pig. First, let's right. the pigs. Let's breed them. We should take the dead pig back. They might be able to carve it up. All right. So, okay, all so, right. so the basilisk is is a couple hundred pounds. And, and the pig itself is probably about uh, probably 100 pounds on its own as well. So... Um, so how, so how do you how do you want to do this? Well, we, can go, we can go tell Grethen. I'm sure they've got... Mage, you can't... Lift more than what eight pounds? Uh, uh, ten pounds. Ten pounds, of, wait, ten pounds um, of pressure. She could turn into wait. a burrow, and we could put the pig on the burrow. Wait, true. I could turn into an animal, and I could, and I could be a stronger animal that I could carry. Yeah, you could totally turn into like a Clydesdale horse if you wanted to, and I'm just gonna, pull the creatures behind you. I'm going to turn into whatever you just said. Okay, so and big then horse. I'm going to get right. myself a baby pig. Right on. Okay, All right. so let's drag him back to Greethen. All right. I don't know if basilisk is good to eat, but there's got to be some useful stuff they can get off that thing. All kinds of magical. Well, from what you've parts. seen of the people, uh, you, you gathered that there probably aren't the pickiest of eaters. Yeah. And it's already cooked. <laughs> so it's the, well, it's the middle of the night by the time that you get back to back to the farm where where Grethen is. So he lives in a little uh, stone building next to next to the the farm area and. It's dark. Doors closed. I guess we can knock on the door. Hey, 
Hey, hey, she, she's chanting, I'll, I'll knock on the door. Greethan answers, and he's he's rubbing his eyes. He's like, what do you want? Oh, it's you. Did you get poop poop? I can't speak it, so. Yes, yes. Thank you. Excellent. And he, he looks past you and he sees, oh, but you lost the pig. Yeah. All right, we've, all right. We've got, we've got to bring him to the, to the butcher. We need, that pig needs to be slaughtered as soon as possible so we can utilize the, can we use, can the meat. Can we make it to make bacon? This, yes. And ham and sausage. And pork chops. And pork chops. Pork chops. Pork butt roast. Pork butt Pink sweet. roast. Tenderloins. Pork butt roast. Pork loin. Butt <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so, like, one moment, and he, he goes back inside. So he, comes, so he comes back out. He's got a cloak on. He's like, follow me. And he leads you back into, back into the city. And... Again, the only indicator that it's nighttime is just that that area further on into the city isn't isn't lit up. But so, but you still have all still the, the, light, the, the Mountain, light of Dew, Mountain Dew. Mountain yeah. Dew light is everywhere, and he he leads you to to a building, and he he pounds on the door, and he yells out, uh, "Panjad Vrthasathagish, wake up, you lazy boy!" And can the three of you do the three of you recognize that name at all? Say that again. The name was Panjad Verathesithiyash. Sounds a little like Jed. So you do rec- So it's the same name because when you first met Jed, he said his fir- his full name was Panjad, but you can call him Jed because your people have problems with his name. Is it Jed? And a dragonborn, a very tall dragonborn, answers the door, and it Jed. looks like Jed, but this Jed looks far younger. And is thinner. It's almost like this is Jed as a teenager. Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters is a proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network. Check out other shows such as GM Showcase, Story Arc, We're So Bad at Adventuring, and more. <laughs>